0: Let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio.
1: Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. It is a thirsty Thursday. It's after 12 o'clock, because I am late. We had Grizzlies, Tigers, Cowboys, quarterback controversies. We've been breaking it all down, but now it's time to switch over to the Rebels. And on Thursday, we talk with the best, and that's Evie Van Pelt, founder and publisher of The Rebel Walk. And The Rebel Walk is your number one source for all things Ole Miss sports information. Evie, how are you doing today, dear?
2: I am doing great. All is great in, in my world. We, I think we made it through all the flooding that we had, and Ole Miss just continues to kill it in the portal. So life no is good. Kidding. Big basketball win. Yeah, life is good as a rebel right now.
1: Yeah, life is getting better in Memphis. We were so frozen. It was terrible. But, you know, like us brave sports talk radio hosts and producers braved the elements and came into work while everybody else was at home. Um, but that was absolutely terrible. And now all we've done is have, have bad weather and on top of the bad weather, two Tiger losses. So there's some people in the Mid-South who've been pretty depressed. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, yeah! I can definitely understand how that goes. Last week was rough for Old Miss Men's basketball on the road. So yeah, that uh, um, LSU
1: Auburn two step oh, didn't work out too well.
2: No, that didn't. That was a that was a tough one. So it was good to get back home. They had a record crowd, record student crowd in the pavilion last night. Largest student attendance ever. Um, so that was really exciting to see students start classes. Uh, they start back today, and so last night they decided to check out the men's basketball. So and Club Red was
1: on full, uh, full support. Club
2: now. Red was on full support to the point where there were students who were, you know, in line. They started getting there, you know, early, early, early for the game in order to get in there. Get in their section, and they had too many. But they went ahead; they let them all in, and told them just to basically, you know, go find a seat. So that was cool.
1: Nice. Um, That is man. That's crazy. Right now, like the way uh, baseball is backed, football is backed. Now you got basketball, men's and women being backed. Crazy. I mean, again, the LSU game this year when they came into town for uh, Ole Miss, that was pretty. uh, That was stacked, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was. That was a, that broke the attendance record too. So I think it beat maybe the South Carolina game. I think they had had the year before maybe 8,900 and they had over 9,000 for that game. So, uh, for the LSU game. So that's just, I mean, man, I tell you. And they're, uh, they're back at it again. Uh, tonight the coach Joe's team plays, um, tonight against uh, Florida and and it at home in the pavilion so that's going to be another exciting game so we just you're right we got stuff going on all over the place
1: my goodness now i got to start with chris beard's guy they did continue the misery for arkansas this season my goodness mm. um i like if i almost now i just feel bad for arkansas fans right now. I
2: know. Like, I know, I know. Now, now, I did see somebody on Twitter say, "Anytime I start to feel bad for Arkansas, I just think of Fourth and Twenty Five, oh. and then I don't feel so bad for them." So, yeah, you know, there is there is something to be said about that. But man, we have Ole Miss basketball fans we've we've been there. We know we know how that can go.
1: Now, um, what is Chris saying after that? You know, that like, how has his has his his temperament changed at all from the early season success, uh, getting ranked? Uh, playing extremely well, dominating Florida at the house. How were things during that little stretch of LSU and Auburn? Did he did he waver in any way?
2: No, you know, he really didn't. Um, and I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, how is he handling it that his identity as a coach and in the programs he's been in Everywhere he's been has been defensive. You know, they've been really talented defensively. And in that Auburn loss, we didn't see a lot of defense going on in that game, or at least not a lot of successful defense. So, um, But no, I mean, he's, you know, it was kind of like we need to be accountable. The players need to be accountable. He told us um, yesterday after the game that one thing that was – interesting to him is that they had gotten into practice um, a couple of days ago and the players were kind of having a meeting on their own and he said they were talking about defense and he said so as a coach that's not only good to see that's the only way to win there's no other way so I think he said uh, last night's game uh, against Arkansas he said it started it was a one-word game plan defend and so you know, I think that that was interesting that they did. They really, really, really defended well in that game.
1: Yeah, that Auburn game, it, it was one of those games, it wasn't one person for auburn i mean they it was like there was i think they i think they had eight or nine players score more than five points or something like nobody scored more than 13 it would be like this guy hits a shot then another guy hits a shot and then it's complete (laughs) like it was just like the way they shared the basketball and found open shots that auburn team kind of scared me and then i watched them play against uh, alabama and i'm now i'm like the sec is just whack The sec is just whack wasn't
2: that a crazy game and Yeah, so I know, um, you know, Beard said, and I do think Beard's guys, I think he's, you know, again, they they need that defensive identity that he's had everywhere he's been, and they limited Arkansas to 17 of 51 shooting from the floor, um, which Beard said that was, quote, our best defense of the year, so um, that's... You know that was good, and then you know the Ole Miss shot. I think forty seven percent from the floor, and so that was good. But the crazy thing, you know, Ole Miss has really struggled with rebounding. That's been a big which problem, is weird, which is
1: because yay! like you got two seven footers,
2: <laughs> two seven footers. So, but they out rebounded Arkansas forty three to twenty eight, and so um, you know that was a that was a big deal. And speaking of seven-footers, we heard earlier this week that an uh, Ole Miss commit John Mole has been named to the McDonald's All-American squad. He's a 2024 signee, and guess what? He's a seven-footer. He's seven-foot-one, and uh, he is only the second rebel in program history to be a McDonald's All-American. Deshaun Ruffin was the first, so that's, you know, again— Go, Chris Beard, go!
1: You're telling me that that's the first McDonald's All-American since Deshaun Ruffin. That's impressive. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, Chris it's the Beard.
2: only. It's the only. Yeah, they've had two in oh program history.
1: Yeah, that is. Chris Beard is doing things down there now. I do also <laughs> like that. That's amazing. But I, I was kind of curious. Um, how's TJ doing?
2: Um, you know, he told us last, uh, he, not he, uh, TJ, but he, Coach Beard told us that they, they weren't sure. I mean, he thought he was going to be okay, but they were going to get him in. He thinks, you know, we have best, one of the best training staff in the country and he would know more, you know, today. We do have um uh, media availability with Coach Beard this afternoon at three, so we'll know more then and we'll, we'll get something posted about it. But he, he did, it, it sounded to me like, Um, You know, I think it was kind of an ankle, but not positive about that. I don't want to necessarily speculate, but he did say, you know, he'll be in the training room working harder than... Than anybody, so um, but we will definitely get news out about that later today.
1: Well, we know they play the Texas A&M Aggies. You know a little bit something about the Aggies,
2: yes, yes.
1: Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Aggies have finally come on a little bit of late. Uh, they dropped Kentucky, uh, you know, not long ago, and took care of LSU, Missouri. Somehow they lost to Arkansas uh, in between there. As bad as Arkansas has been playing, but it was a road game. Came up one port one point short. But you know, Wade Taylor is you know, the, the fourth is finally starting to find the bucket. Um, what are y'all thinking about this game?
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a that's going to be an interesting one. I mean, and and, and the, you know, really, what's been the most telling thing? It seems like all season in in the SEC and really around the country is: Are you at home or are you on the road? You know, mrs Miss is undefeated at home, uh, and now they go face an A and M team. A and M beat kentucky at home I know. you know not that long ago so I they scored you know,
1: 97 points yay. on kentucky like that, that game was up and down like that was a that i wasn't expecting that I, style.
2: I was not expecting that either so the rebels better pack their defense with them as coach joe says keep your defense packed in your suitcase don't ever take it out um, but yeah, a and I think is twelve and seven overall, and, and both Ole Miss and A&M are three and three in league play. And you know, Buzz Williams will I mean his teams play hard, fundamentally sound. I mean, it's going to be a big challenge. So you know, if the Rebels can bring some of their defense with them, then then I think they can they can um, give a and a go there.
1: Well, you know, uh, I could talk basketball with you all day long, but football fans would go absolutely crazy if I didn't jump over and talk a little bit about the lane train and what's going on down in Oxford.
2: Uh, they just keep doing it. They just keep doing it. And, you know, the funny thing has been, to me, you know, Ole Miss been getting, you know, everybody, you know, re- receivers in the portal, defensive linemen. It's been raining reigning defensive linemen, top nationally ranked defensive linemen, And I still, you still have the diehard fans who've been going, but what about the offensive line? But what about the offensive line? Got to have some offensive linemen. Well, Ole Miss took care of that. Um, They had two visitors in this past Monday. Well, it had to be Monday because of the weather. Well, they had three in, but two of them were offensive linemen. They ended up, we got word yesterday that they had uh, received commitments from both of them. They are both former Washington Huskies who played in the national title game. Uh, Nate Calipo and Julius Bulo. And great big Strong boys. I think Kaleppo's six six three twenty seven. Um and then we, we get to Bulo, and my gosh, I think he is six foot nine, three hundred and thirteen pounds. So I mean, you know, just huge, much less and we may have talked about this before. They are forty percent two out of five of a Washington offensive line that won the 2023 Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in college football. So how's that for shoring up your offensive line?
1: Now, this is, like for me, this is one of the things that I've found absolutely fun and fascinating, and I jumped on it last week when it first came out. The odds have actually changed since the offensive linemen have come in, but I got Jackson Dart plus 3,500, put 10 bucks on it to win 350 to win the Heisman because Mm -hmm. right now you talk about a complete team. You talk about a quarterback who from year one that everybody had question marks about him to after last year, everybody's like, hell yeah, damn right. We're glad <laughs> we're having him back. They got the weapons. Hell, I mean, Trey Harris is coming back and they've already put him on the, uh, the basically way too early All American yes, team. I mean, yeah. this is, I feel like this Heisman bet for me might be like a really sneaky good one.
2: I think so too. I think I'm. I think I'm need to be joining you there. I'm still kicking myself from the from the Ole Miss baseball season where they won the national title, and you know, part through the season, you know, you could you could have gotten them for um, really good odds there. So, but yeah, with football, I mean, think about it. They've got tackles. They've got Jaden Williams, Micah Pettis. They got Diego Pounds. They brought in the former starting left tackle for North Carolina. They've got Jerquan Scott they've brought in. Um, and now with their guards, they've got Kalepo, Bulo. They've got Preston Cushman and Bryson Sanders. And, you know, Jeremy James recently announced he's coming back, Caleb Warren. So, I mean, I think you're looking at an offensive line now that with legitimate, you know, I would say eight to ten players. That legitimately could could take the field. So now you know we'll we'll see how it all shakes out after spring. You know, I mean, who's you know is anybody is anybody with with the new transfer rules? I mean, is anybody going to say, eh, I don't know about this? But I mean, that is quite an offensive line haul right there. And it was funny because somebody on Twitter. Uh, reminded us of what Lane said after the Georgia game. He said the, the, the Georgia lines look different. Their players, their sidelines look different. They're uh, in the trenches. They look different. And so, what did he do? He, he went out and, and yeah, he really beefed up. And it was funny because he replied to that tweet, you know, simply with the word facts. Because, I, you know, I mean, and the person said Lane looked at Georgia's sideline and realized we need to get bigger in the trenches. And then immediately in the portal, he got 6'7", 330-pound left tackle Diego Pounds, Jerquan Scott, 6'4", nine, 6'9", six 6'6". And then that's not even counting the defensive line. Where we've added, you know, Nolan and human so you know yeah they lane lane took that to heart he took that georgia game to heart i think
1: and one thing also you know like everything gets overlooked that whole defense Pete golding and i mean they've also brought in corners uh, they brought in the kid from alabama um i mean they Amos.
2: yeah mm-hmm. they,
1: this is a like this defense looks like it's going to be the most complete defense we've had at all miss in a long time But the offense, it looks like it's just going to keep on ticking. And it's going to be probably the best offense since, of course, Matt Corral was under center uh, in the very early years of Lane.
2: Oh, I agree. And I think um, it is just remarkable to me how, and and I've said this in the past, I felt like, in fact, I mean, I felt like last year. I felt like the year before. I feel like Lane Kiffin is really good at identifying players in the portal and getting them to Ole Miss, but identifying, you know, areas of need. I mean, you you know, bringing in Priest Corn, bringing in Trey Harris, you know, I mean, bringing in the, the players. I mean, heck, Jordan Watkins was a transfer. Um, Dayton Wade was a transfer. I just feel like he really does a good job, he and his staff, of identifying what they need and bringing them in. And if I thought they did a good job before, holy cow. You know, I mean, this year is just phenomenal, and I think – You know, we'd be remiss if we didn't also just give a shout out to the Grove Collective at Ole Miss and the work that they're doing. And, you know, keep drinking the Grove Collective vodka and uh, making your, yeah, donate, donate to the Grove Collective because what Walker Jones and those guys are doing. And then our friend Tyler Jordan at Realtree. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks really, really pulling together. And I think the fans are, are buying in and we got juice. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there was yesterday. Did you see uh, people behind the free throw line holding up the great big, you know, did big the dog? posters of June? Yes, <laughs>
1: that was the like his face was cut out perfectly. That was, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, oh,
2: that was cute. But I just think Tiffin they're just doing a really, really good job of uh, figuring out what they need and then going and getting it. Man. I mean this this portal hall. They were already they were already ranked number one in the transfer portal yesterday, as they they have been for much of this portal season. Um, before they just they ran away Colepo. with it. Yes, Kalepo and Bulow, and we're still waiting to see what's going to happen. There's a, a an edge player, BJ Green from Arizona State, who um, he visited. He was there uh, earlier this week with Bulo and Green. So, I mean, uh, Bulo and Calipo. So, I mean, heck, there may be another defensive lineman coming. Just uh, don't know.
1: It's, it's exciting right now to be a uh, Rebel, and also, again, baseball's right around the corner. I know the weather doesn't feel like it right now, but um, soon they're going to be getting, getting after it. Seven Ole Miss baseball players named a perfect games list of the nation's best, two of them freshmen, five sophomores. you got, to, got a lot of young bucks down there.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I just I can't wait for the season to start. Really, like a lot of people, just really looking, looking forward to it. And as we've talked before, you know, they open up the season in Hawaii. Hawaii. So that's super exciting. And, um, you know, when you have, I think, the – the, I think right now they have D1 baseball's number 15 overall high school recruiting class, um, that, that are coming in. They have, uh, the number seven overall transfer class. So they got Luke Hill, Campbell Smithwick, Andrew Fisher, Trayson Hughes, uh, Wes Mendes. I think so. They, they really are bringing in some, some great people. And then, you know, like you say, they're bringing back, J.T. Quinn and Ooh, Ethan Grace Groff and, and yes, Revis, Leger, yeah, Rivas, Leje, yeah, Um, So Will Furness. So I think they've got a lot of pieces there. I think last season was a real lot of lot of things. You know, again, you you lose your ace, Hunter Elliott, to injury early on, and put a lot of weight on some younger guys and a transfer on the mound. But I think that you'll see them respond really well this year.
1: And by the way, um, J.T. Quinn—he is a big, big boy.
2: He? <laughs> yes, he is. I saw a little video uh, of
1: him the other day uh, coming off the mound, and I was like, he's halfway to the dead gum plate before he lets go of the ball.
2: Oh, isn't that the truth? I mean, I want to say I think he's six six, six six. You know, over two hundred pounds. So yeah, he's a he's a big kid, and just uh, you know, from had a had a really good fall. And so did Sonia, so did Revis, um, you know, Sonia is 6'4". I mean, he's not he, He's oh, not uh, tiny
1: That's <laughs> why I was saying, like, when you see him, yeah. like, when you see somebody who's standing next to Sonia and he makes him look a little bit smaller, I'm like, damn, that's a big, big boy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so, um, you know, I don't know that we... And Rivas is 6'4", you know. So, yeah, they got some, some big fellas out there. Um, we should, I would say, maybe within the next week or week week and a half we'll be having our baseball media day where we'll get a chance to talk to coach Bianco and then kind of find out kind of how the how the lineup he usually goes through the lineup and tells us kind of how things are going to shake out. I'm not sure if we're going to know yet who our Friday night starter is. I mean, I think there are good cases that could be made for for uh, Rebus and Quinn and Sogne. So, we'll we'll see, but I think those guys I think that the experience they what a got problem last year. to have. Yes, yes, exactly. And mm. their experience last year will will you know, they it was the SEC was, was rough last year and um, but I, I think they're they're all fired up from the ones that we've talked to about this coming season.
1: We need um somebody out there, just a really nice donor, some some <laughs> sponsoring. If you want some great advertising, reach out to Evie. She's at Ole Miss Evie on the Twitter. Reach out to her on the Rebel Walk. Go to the Rebel Go to Twitter at the Rebel Walk. Help Evie get to Hawaii. Let her thaw out, and also give us some great coverage of Ole Miss baseball.
2: I think we could do a show live from the beach,
1: right? We oh, I mean, yes. cover the
2: game. You know, we'll work for baseball in hawaii
1: that's so, we'll that's work for place. baseball in hawaii we got to get that hashtag <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we yeah. got to get a gofundme page going. <laughs> oh,
2: that, that evie fun. thank
1: you so much for your time you be blessed take care of yourself and we'll do it again next thursday
2: you too thanks for having me Hottie
1: toddy that is evie van pelt from the rebel walk we got to take a time out we got some hardenwood stories on the other side they're funny sports 56 98 5 fn
0: Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
2: All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones.
0: (laughs) Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio.
1: Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Bryant Dacus. Man, 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 life is pretty good, right? It's pretty good. Sure is. Man, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's really good. Drum, Arkansas, baseball, look great. And then uh, Lane Kiffin getting things done, man. Getting things done. But we're about to uh, do a little bit of Hardwood where it feels so good. We got some breaking news. Not breaking. It broke about uh, 50 minutes ago. But it shocked me. I just saw it. Um, I was like, "What the bleep?" But guess who? Guess who got the job in Carolina? Brian Dacus.
0: Ooh, ooh, uh, It ain't nope. It ain't it ain't the hoodie. uh, Ron Rivera.
1: Nope. Uh, I don't know. Dave Canales. You're like, who's Dave?
0: Who's Dave? Who is
1: Dave? Dave is the dude who resurrected Baker Mayfield's career this year. First season as offensive coordinator down at um in Tampa Bay. Before that, he was with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He was under Pete Carroll. He was a wide receivers coach and quarterbacks coach 2010 through 2022. Help! Uh, he helped revitalize uh, Geno Smith's career. So he's like revamped Geno Smith. He's revamped Baker Mayfield. Can he revamp Bryce Young? I don't know, man. We're going to find out, but I thought that was a pretty interesting hire. Guess who still do not have a job? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. the hoodie. Bill. But the hoodie. Now, I found out why Mike Vrabel probably doesn't have a job. Why's that? Man, because Ty Law had been snitching on him, bro. I'll tell you about that in two seconds. We got to take a a little bitty uh, commercial break before we go to Hardenwood, and that means I need to tell you about Getaway Sports Bar. Yep, they got six, six pool tables, two dark boards, a golden tee, 15 monster televisions, and they serve the coldest beer in town, 24 7 They never close. They keep their hearts always open and warm for you. They're at 4632 Winchester. That's 4632 Winchester Getaway Sports Bar. Check them out. They're your sports – man, that's, 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 that's your game day destination. Head on over there and check it out. Let's go to Hardin' Wood.
0: This is Access Hardenwood.
1: Shoot, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Chargers. We got new head coaches all over the place. But Mike Vrabel does not have a job. Do you know he was a coach of the year? He was. He was. He was. And they also came out there and said it was miscommunication, the reason he was out with the Titans. He did, you're right. But, man, Ty Ty Law narked on Vrabel the other day. So, you know Ty Law spent 10 of his 15 seasons with the New England Patriots. He was actually a first round uh, pick in '95, uh, with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. And then before Bill Belichick arrived, he played, of course, with Mike Vrabel. And on the Dan Patrick show, they're talking, and the host starts asking him some questions. And Ty Law said this: He said, "Man, he's like when I. He's like, man, we used to help ourselves to adult beverage during practice." Not before games, but during practice. Some of those days could be really cold, especially on them cold days. Well, where'd you get the hooch, man? Mike Vrabel used to have a flask on him at all times. We used to always, we used to always go hit up Vrabel. He'd pull his flask out. We'd all be huddling like we're talking to each other. We're taking shots of whiskey, man. Then the funny also part he goes, he goes, he goes. He's like hell. Then he, then all of a sudden everybody. Everybody's getting a flask. And then all he goes, and then all of a sudden, when we used to drive to practice, <laughs> which is a funny part, he's like, man, we used to have to drive to practice before the beautiful Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, we were driving over with our helmets and shoulder pads to the practice field. And uh, he said, all of us would be drinking in our car. And he's like, yeah, we can thank Vrabel for that. Um, that's throwing somebody under the bus. Like, yeah, you might used to be doing it, but why you got to call? My man's now like a coach. He ain't a player. That's right. He ain't a player. He ain't a wild man. Don't be telling on his past. I've done some terrible things. But I don't do them anymore. And I don't mean I don't do any. I've never. I mean, when I say terrible, I mean, I just made an ass of myself. Not like maybe got too drunk and passed out at a bar or something. Woke up in a the wrong room or something something like that but nothing terrible but damn he called him out so Ty law man it was a good story just not very great results for mike rabel still doesn't have a job and neither does bill belichick but jim harbaugh does he's got a good one in san diego his brother said that jim harbaugh is the best team builder in pro sports period well we're gonna find out chargers have not won much did you know Harbaugh played uh, his last quarterbacking gig was with the Chargers? Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's going back to finish a job that he couldn't finish as a player. Try to get them a chip. We'll see if he's gonna make Justin Herbert better. This means Kellen Moore now does not have a job. He's out there interviewing with everybody and their grandmother, which is shocking to me because the Cowboys were better without him on offense. The Chargers were terrible with him on offense. And now the Eagles, who hired Vic Fangio yesterday to be their defensive coordinator, are now wanting to talk with Kellen Moore to be their offensive coordinator. They can have him. They can have him. I don't. uh you know I don't know if Kellen Moore is going to uh, get that thing going in the right directions. We'll see. We will see. But I know you had a whole lot of stories. You had some about a polar bear, a, a polar bear death plunge. Yes, a polar bear death plunge. Kansas City murder. Uh-huh. Um, we talked about Alaska Airlines. Scratch sure, that yeah. out.
0: Yep, scratch that one out. Uh, shot and a kick. What's that? What? What?
1: I just wrote down a shot and a kick.
0: I don't think I don't think that was uh, oh, Yo, oh shot and kill. Yeah, 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 Not yeah, kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone got Terrible shot and killed for turning it for pulling into the wrong driveway. That's right. Oh yeah, and then what was the other one? One in two hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah, something's gonna happen this spring and summer that uh, is once in a two hundred year. Um, thing i'm gonna take my pick john on this one today because i know which one i want to talk about and it's the polar bear death plunge john um i'm glad you were talking about polar bear death plunge Uh so is this
1: taking a shot of whiskey no taking a shot of rumble mints because it's very minty fresh and you drink it cold and it's 100 proof and then you jump into extremely cold water on a on a on a frozen day.
0: Well, you know that's what a lot of people do. Uh, you know, some people have it, the
1: polar bear the, po- polar the, bear plunge. The polar
0: bear plunge. That's right. But the John. death
1: plunge. would be doing a shot of Rumble mints well, Adding a, to it.
0: That's a good guess. You know, a lot of people. I think you know, a lot of people do it on like New Year's By the Day way, or New Year's ha- Eve. Real hardcore alcoholics drink rumplemans, uh-huh. just so you know. Uh-huh. Thank you, John. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, you know, do the polar bear plunge on on like New Year's Day, like a very cold day. They'll jump into the pool. It's like, I don't know, like a, a sign of toughness or something like that. It's stupid what it is. Well, yesterday, John, I actually two days ago, I saw this story. Unfortunately, a 32-year-old woman um from Berlin, Germany, um who had just been fired, she was distressed over unemployment. She decided to enter a polar bear enclosure at the Berlin Zoo and what? swim towards wild polar bears um in an attempted suicide. The polar bear did eat her, right? Um so she, yes, she she suffered severe um bites from the polar bears. Um, But there's a video that I have. Is she alive? She is. Um, There was a video on Twitter where I don't know if she, like, started swimming to them. They started mauling her, and she said, oh, wow, this is a terrible idea, and started swimming the other way, pleading for help. But there's a video where they are throwing her a life raft and trying to pull her out of the enclosure, and there are three polar bears all around her. Like, looking and, at her like, well, look at this crazy yeah. woman. and they're, like, throwing things at the polar bears, to, like, try to keep them back and try to pull her out. And at one point, one of the polar bears goes underwater because she's in the, like, life raft and she's, like, trying to hold on. And then she starts, like, kicking. I don't know if she's, like, trying to get out of the life raft or if she's, like, scared that one of the polar bears is coming to her. But she slips out of it, falls back into the water. One of the polar bears goes underwater. Oh, Lord. And they pull her and they start pulling her back up and the polar bear takes a big old chunk out of what looks to be either her pants or her rear end and, um, they finally pull her out to safety. They were, they thought they were gonna have to use, um, you know, force to, uh. See, let me tell you. Oh, I'm to, to, sorry. I to to, to shoot the remote. polar bears. See, this, this is what's safe.
1: BS. She jumped in there. Uh-huh. If you wanna show mercy, you shoot her and mm-hmm. end her life before she gets mauled. You shouldn't have to kill some damn polar bears because some stupid, crazy lady walked into a polar mm-hmm. bear enclosure. Why are we gonna kill three polar bears right. for one crazy, also,
0: crazy Karen? She also, uh, this says she overcame several safety safety barrier so several not just one and swam towards the polar bears during their feeding time so they were already what hungry a, what a, what a expecting woman. food the zoo considered charging her for breach of peace well, and doing the right thing reputation. if they
1: shot the polar bears i'd have been man Also, John,
0: I don't know how much you know about polar bears, but they are considered, like, the most... Vicious damn things uh on planet Earth. Like, they can, like, their sense of smell, they can, like, smell you out from, like, five or six miles. They can climb trees. They can swim. My Aunt Kitty. And they
1: will maul you. They're also huge. My Aunt Kitty. So my grandfather, my great-grandfather, went and uh, he had a trophy room. He was a big hunter. Mm. And he was one of the first to go, like, get, get, um an animal off of every single continent. Wow. And he went and shot a polar bear, and he shot a super big one, and they had it stuffed, of course, and mounted. And now my Aunt Kitty uses it as a Christmas tree and puts a a Christmas hat on the mean polar bear. Interesting. pretty genius, isn't it? uh, If you got it, why not? Speaking of wild animals, you brought up the polar bear. Did you see what happened down at the – they have a shark place that you can go and swim with sharks?
0: i've heard of dolphins i've never heard of sharks okay. john sounds terrifying all right so this is
1: coming from memory because i didn't know about this polar bear plunge so i'm just telling you a story yeah, that i did not write down or
0: read this morning uh, okay, but i saw so it the other day take I, it with a grain of salt
1: no no Sh- google shark tank attack kid i think it was in the bahamas at the atlantis or do atlantis shark attack
0: do wow, it. You're, I, whoa. You know, John, you have been very rude to me today. <laughs> no, you no, just I'm, yelled at just, me to do it earlier, okay, John. Hostile. Earlier, John, when you were talking to Isaac, a little peek behind the curtains, you always bring the guest on <laughs> via your computer, and then when you either forgot to do it or did I not forgot. press it, you go, you got to put him on. Oh, really? Oh, I'm okay. Ver- I'm very good at deflecting uh-huh, blame on other people. You are. Uh, ask uh, Ask Chas. That's, uh, awful. The Bahamas, uh, okay. I found, I I think I know what it is. This is from CNN.com, John. I'll read it. 10 year old boy. This is my
1: memory. Uh, 10 year old boy attacked because his parents are dumb enough. Like, there's a shark enclosure from what I understand, and they go and swim with sharks. Now they have like three or four shark wranglers in the water with them. But dude, if a shark decides to attack, what's the wrangler gonna do? I mean, the aftermath is already, like, he's already attacked. I mean, he ain't going to stop him on the front end. Mm. But anyway, um, am I correct?
0: Yeah, so this is the headline from uh, CNN.com. A 10-year-old Maryland boy airlifted to U.S. after being bitten by shark at Bahamas Resort. And then if you go down um, and read the second paragraph, the attack happened Monday afternoon while the child was, quote, participating in an expedition in a shark tank at a local resort, end of quote. That's terrifying.
1: Man, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm throwing my 10-year-old in a shark tank.
0: No, I've gone diving. As
1: stable, so that's that's. Way I've seen sharks. have seen sharks on multiple occasions. They don't bother you
0: usually. Thank goodness. John, I was out in the middle of the ocean but I'm one not time. that. I'm not going
1: to put my 10-year-old in. You know I'm not? Yeah,
0: I was out in the middle of the ocean, the bay, I should say, uh, and uh, was intertubing, and a dolphin swam by. Thought it was a shark. Freaked out. I was like 11. Dolphins are like smarter than you and me. Do you know that? Oh yeah, they are so smart. The government tried to uh, to use them for uh, for war. They probably are, bro. Dolphins don't play no games.
1: Did you know that dolphins name each other? Is that right? Yep. And dolphins do things that are some dolphins. Did you know there's good dolphins like Flipper? Yeah. Oh yeah, Flipper. And then there's bad dolphins like that are like John Wayne Gacy bad, mm. Jeffrey Dahmer style. Mm. Like, there's murdering dolphins. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. They like murder sharks and stuff. It's
1: crazy, mm-hmm. man. Dolphins are serious. We're going to take a quick time out. We got bets. We're not touching college basketball for a while. NBA on the other side. Sports 56, 98, 5 FM. Timberwolves have been talked about a lot lately. Their coach absolutely chastised them after they blew an 18-point lead. The night that Carl Anthony Towns went off for, what, 64 points like a madman? Mm -hmm. Well, they're back. They're blowing people out. They play the Nets on the road. The Nets aren't that good. The Timberwolves are just a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Please, give me some of that. I hope everybody has a wonderful, thirsty Thursday. For Brian Dacus, I'm John Harden. Y'all get out there. Make the world a better place. We're going to see you on the flip side. Peace.